The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. You can take nothing away from how absolutely on point Bilal looked. He got hurt a couple times, stung with some good shots, but the pressure was nonstop from Bilal Muhammad. If I can beat the best, everybody in this division, I'm going to be the champion in 2023. You better believe it. Put out my name right now. Bilal, remember the name. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered, uh, getting the show off on time, which is a miracle. I didn't think we were going to be able to. I was having construction done. We have Jimmy Smith, uh, who works for the same company I do, SiriusXM, and uh, Unlocking the Cage is his show. We only have him for a few minutes, I think, because he's taping his show today, and Bilal Muhammad, um, one of the best welterweights on earth, will be with us, and we love Bilal, so uh, I want to see what's coming up for him. Unlock and, the Cage! Unlock the cage. Let him out. I'm sorry, Jimmy. Did you miss me? Did you have a nice yes. little relax uh, time last Wednesday when uh, Dean Thomas? I, I, I do like Dean, but I always miss Matt Sarah. You like Dean, but you prefer me. You I mean, you prefer. know. You say prefer. I don't want to say right. that. I know. I know. It's not right. But it's true. Um, hmm. I'm only fucking around. Uh, we got Jimmy Smith coming on, man. Yes. Not the Jimmy Smith the from actor. NYPD Blue. No. How are you well, feeling, by the way? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I listened to the beginning of the show last week, and it's funny, you know, because I hear you being all, all, you know, kind and caring and concerned for your friend. Yeah. Like, man, you know, hope, hope Matt's all right. He's a good friend. No, Hope passed away. I hope Matt's doing... And then right to Dean Thomas, right? He's caring, cold-hearted Dean Thomas. Man, all right, Jimmy. Don't bet Jimmy. It's me and you today. You know, Omar just, boom. Not a care in the world about his friend with the hurt heart. Well, you know, some guys just like to, they handle hurt things different. They just kind of move right past it. It's the way they do it. All right, we got Jimmy here. See, a true radio pro yes. knows to come in on time. This is why I love uh, guys in radio. And that's taking a shot at me because I'm, le- I'm late. No, you never late. You were you were here before me today. I am putting my sword back in because me and you were buddies. I miss you. 
There he is. Hey, Jimmy. Put the sword back in. Literally. Yeah. That's a euphemism. Exactly yeah. the first thing I heard coming in. It's here. so weird being. Hold on. Let me see your shirt. It's so being. It's so weird being here, same age as old people. I know. Yeah. Right. I, listen. It is weird. It is no, fucking weird. Isn't it? I am forty nine. Yeah. Oh no, I'm forty eight. In June, I'll be forty nine. I don't want to rush it. Yeah. Forty five. I'll be forty six in September. But you yeah. saw people. I'm fifty four. When you like when I was oh. young, you saw people this age and go, oh, like, they're fucking dead. dead. Fucking zombies, right? <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Norton, I think you should get on TRT. Jimmy Smith, I, are you listen? You're not debating fighting. it. You're not fighting huh? anymore. You're not fighting anymore. It's nothing wrong with it. Are you on a TRT testosterone replacement or anything? No. no. Uh, why not? Look at you. You need it. I don't think he needs it, though. He doesn't yeah. need it. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but guys, you know, it, it, I didn't have one of those careers. 10, 15 years destroying my fucking body. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't yeah. have one of those. Yeah, my, my career was pretty short. So, dude, I, I remember um, being in the changing room behind the scenes at, at Fox Studios with with guys who had phenomenal careers, can't undo their fucking shirt. You know, I yeah. sit there for 10 minutes to take the shirt off because back's fucked up. And I'm like, yeah. dude, do whatever the fuck you need to do to get, you know, I didn't have, fortunately, or whatever, one of those careers, you know. Well, the You're difference is I, I just need it because my energy is low. I don't have any cool en- like injuries. My fucking energy is just low and shit. And I'm moping around and getting tits. And I'm like, I, I got to do something. Yeah, I had so. a teammate say the same thing. He's just, I just have low T. It's just a genetic thing. And I was like, fucking do it. Like, ah, shit, man. man. I feel good. I, I, I taught this morning. I don't know. I got a lot of energy. I'm always on espresso, but still. <laughs> now, Jimmy, you, you, your show at Sirius XM, where, where, where do you do you broadcast from here and they air it? Or do you actually go in? I literally flip off this headset and I put on this headset and I am on air. Yeah. Um, and you guys go from right now, it's going to be two o'clock to three. Where are you now? Are you on the East coast? I am in Delray beach, Florida, man. Oh, okay. So you go yeah. from two to three. You might, what, how many days a week? Two to five, five days a week, man. Oh, you do. Wow. You're doing more than I'm doing. Don't, don't you love three hours, oh, a, day, three hours day, a day? Yeah. Don't you love having a regular radio gig? There's something about it. I do Monday through Thursday, eight to 11. It's just nice to have a regular paycheck. When they fucking, t- when, when I got signed with WB and he goes, man, it's a three hour show. And I said, I do three hours a day, every day by myself. Yeah. I don't have a co-host. It's me fucking yik yakking about MMA for three fucking hours. Wow. So don't tell me about it, man. I, I, I know all too well about keeping your energy up for three hours. Yeah. And it's nice to have somebody that you like to talk to. And uh, I, I just, I love radio gigs. I, what do you think about what, the, the deal UFC has cut with Sirius XM to broadcast? Yeah. I thought there should have been a radio broadcast. I'm like, I'm so annoyed when I'm driving that I can't listen to this like a baseball game. Oh. Yeah. No, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think it's absolutely for once again, like that idea of accessibility, like, any other major sport, right? right. And, and it was something we dreamed about 25 years ago when I got into to MMA. It was like, gee, imagine being able to turn your TV and watch MMA. Or imagine being able to listen to it like you can baseball or football or anything else. And then it now we're, we're, we're it's everywhere. And so it's like, yeah, anything that makes it easier to access, I'm all about it. Do you, do you think they're going to have, like, you know, they have uh, Portuguese, they have English, they have Chinese. Are they going to have a separate radio uh, announcer or to do it for radio like baseball does? Or are they just going to simulcast Rogan and, uh, and, and uh, DC and those guys? As far as I know, it's simulcast. As okay. far as I know, it's, it's the exact same thing. That there's just no difference. Why change if you don't have to? Why, why have, involve more moving parts if you don't have to? Yeah, so I think so. Yeah. Well, Jimmy. those guys, yes, buddy. Well, there's two Jimmys. I'm sorry. Um, 
Let me ask you, Jimmy. Please. Smith, let me ask you. Three hours a day. What do we? I mean, I know we could talk a lot about the upcoming. There's not a. Let's say there's not a fight for another week. What do we do? We do some deep dives on on certain fighters, or do we yeah. uh, do talk about upcoming matches? I mean, three hours is a nice nice chunk. It's it's a long time, yeah, but but it's almost all right. So so what we do is we tend to know have one kind of big story for that week or that that day, and we break it up into parts to start every hour. So that we're always kind of referencing back to it. And of course, in this case, it can be last Saturday's UFC, whatever. We're not going to get into next week until maybe Thursday, Friday. And so it's all right. For example, all right. So we had the fight last Saturday. So I break down nice. the X's and O's of that fight. Then it's all right. What the hell did you do with Max Holloway? He's beaten the champ. He's lost the champ three times. No one can beat him. He's a gatekeeper. He can't get past. What does this do for the division at 145? What do we do with this guy? Um, another segment might be okay. He wants to go to 55. What are his chances at 55? I don't think they're particularly good. He's tried before against Dustin Poirier. Didn't work. So it's about dividing stories into to pieces that I can break down throughout the week. That's a well, big part of what I do. What do you think, too? Because, again, three three losses to, uh, I mean, you know, according to the judges. I mean, uh, we all saw the Second first two fights. one was fights. close, but two were pretty definitive. Two were I, first and third. I thought were pretty definitive. See, yeah. I thought Max won the first fight, but I, I will watch it again. Maybe I'm obviously wrong, but I, I the second one I definitely thought he won. But the first one I have to go back and watch. It's I haven't seen it. it was actually first and third. Online. I thought were pretty definitive. Second okay. one I thought I thought Max won. But second you know, one was in Abu Dhabi. I was there. Unless I'm crazy, I don't know where I am, but uh, I'm, I was there, and I remember being like, "Yo, man, I thought I thought it was pretty clear that Max won that second." Yeah, one. I thought so too. Yeah. It's so much that I thought that he was going to win the third, which wasn't the case. Man, so, it, you know. it's one of those things. That, and, and, and Matt, you and I have seen it. I would I put John Fitch in this category. Uh, Rich Franklin was in this category where we had like this number two guy was so good that nobody could get past. Remember a prime John Fitch beat everybody but GSP. A prime Rich Franklin beat everybody but Anderson Silva. And so you have that gatekeeper that is too good at keeping the gate. And you go, well, what do we what do we do? We can we can get past this dude. What's he gonna beat up Korean zombie? Okay, great, wonderful. You know what does that add to his his legacy at this point? It's a tough spot to be in, and we see it periodically in MMA. You know. So what do you think happens? What do they do? Do you just do you wait until there's somebody else? What? How do you handle that? MMA, an MMA weight class, is a tank full of piranhas. If you don't throw food in there, they'll eat each other. And that's how you have to see a division, right? Is we just keep these guys in here. They're going to eat each other and we have nobody for the champ, right? So it's, it, there has to be this kind of this like leveling up idea. And it was the same thing. Um, Eugene Behrman, who's a city kickboxing coach. I talked to him last week and he said, Hey, look, the next 185 contender just has to make their presence felt and come up. And yeah, that's a great idea. But when the top five is, is packed with veterans that can beat those guys, it's very difficult to get that mobility going. So it, it is an issue. I think it's an issue at 85. It's an issue at 45 where they're just not generating that next. I, I don't see that 10 to 15 guy, right? That I'm going, oh, man, can't wait to Ilya Tapuria at 45. He's a dark horse at number nine. I like him a lot. But there aren't enough of those guys that I'm excited about making their way up. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a tough thing to do. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's not I, easy. I, I almost felt like when Jones was uh, light heavyweight champion, he kind of ran into that where you've beaten everybody really interesting or all the great storylines of what will happen when these two guys fight. And it almost is like, what do you do with him? Because he has beaten everybody who, and again, they want to sell fights. They, they want to be able to, you know, so that's why, you know, I think Bilal has a tougher time 
uh, getting Leon than maybe Colby will because they think that they could probably sell the Colby fight better. But I, I'm glad John moved on the headway because I was like, there's really nobody else I was that interested in seeing him fight, at least at that point. Matt, I want to ask you a question. Yes. Seriously. All right. Because we're both old as fuck. So we have to ask <laughs> That's great. I like that you said that because Jimmy's older than us. Go right. ahead. Yes. Yeah. So here's right. the deal. Here's the deal. I was doing a thing um, for ESPN. I did this thing called UFC Fight Camp. They were talking about something about, you know, why do the numbers favor? When we talk about all time, the numbers favor like an era that was GSP, Anderson Silva. And I said, number one, they got the belt a lot younger. You didn't need that many fights to get a title shot. You needed one or two. So they got the belts in their mid-20s. So they had a longer run because they started out younger. Now, like Leon Edwards wins a title at 31. Is he going to have 10 title defenses? Probably not. He got it when he was 31. So, but, and number two, I said, we didn't have huge debates about the next contender. We didn't have rankings. So when the UFC was just throwing the next guy. So you got Patrick Cote for Anderson Silva. You got Talis Latis. Good guys, not pay-per-view selling, you know, stars. And so I was sitting there going, are the rankings really worth it? It's just nobody wants to kind of fight down, but we used to not have them. So the next guy just wasn't a huge debate. It was like, all right, this guy's next. And we went, okay, fine. And so champs fought a lot more. And so, like, do you think putting a number next to their name, which I know is, it generates excitement, but it's also like, oh, I'm number three. I'm not fighting number seven. You're like, guys, that that's an abstract number next to your name. Does it really – you know what I mean? It seems like it's more of a, a, a an arguing point than, than a practical thing that helps. What do you think? Because you remember when it was like, oh, that's the next title contender. And people went, okay, you know? Listen, I mean, it was still – I, you know, again, I, we were in a transitional period where yeah. it felt like it was still <laughs> going to be over any second. So I felt like until it, until it wasn't, until it broke through and with the the ultimate fighter and stuff. But back then, it, 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 I'll tell you what it felt like. It just felt so many more, like, I'm going to say not fights stood out, but there's so, we have so much more now. There's so many, so many fights now. That is so, and this might be a different topic, but this um, one, I think we do need the rankings because otherwise then it's a total fucking popularity con- popularity contest. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now they could say they, they do have that argument point. That, hey man, I beat this one, that one, this one in the top 10. How can you deny me? Guys like Bilal Muhammad have that arguing point. If they're not. Are you? Yeah. Oh uh-huh. man. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, yeah, I think that, I think you do need it for that. For that one thing, because because a lot of guys aren't going to be magic on the mic, and I know right. they're not going to have that X factor where it's like I want to see him, like even Arnold Allen who's coming up. That was good. They gave him Max Holloway. What about that? I mean, I did not to switch gears, but that was fucking. I mean, that's an undefeated fighter. God damn, Max Holloway, man! Those five rounds, better and better, and that was something else. No, yeah, he looked it's, incredible. It's, it's, a, it's insane, and I think this is underrated in our sport now because, like you said, we, we tend to hunt for stars. The consistency of the guys that go out there, and God, Max always looks good. He just always – it's never like, oh, you know, bad performance with Max Holloway. Other than Volk just, I, I think, being the better fighter, the guy is so consistent, and we, we don't reward that enough in our sport. Now, how crazy is that Max is only 31? We were just talking about age and how guys get the title younger. Max feels like he's 52 because you've been watching him for so many years, and he's at this point now with what, what happens to him, and he's only 31 years old. We got into the UFC in his fourth fight? Like some absurdly low number that, that doesn't really happen these days. And I, So that's another thing. His whole career has been in the UFC, which is absurd. That, that's a throwback kind of thing. You know? first, I think his first fight or second fight was Connor. Maybe it was his first one. 
in the UFC was it, his first or second was Connor. Yeah. It was Connor. God, was his first one Dustin? I don't remember. Because they fought he fought Dustin twice, fought him 45 and 55. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's just thrown right in with the wolves. And so I think that's where we have this idea. Like, God, he's been at the elite level for so long. I'm looking at Max right now, and I will tell you who his first fight in the UFC because it's gonna annoy me if we don't. Wow, the first was Dustin. So Booyah. The hey, first one was Dustin, yeah. Yeah, lost the to Dustin. Second one, the second was Connor. <laughs> It's like, oh, how hard can it get? Let's see, you know? So people are probably like, oh, man, this guy's 0-2. Meanwhile, becomes one of the best ever. It's yeah. Wait, who, Max? Um, Max what? You say oh, Max's God. second fight was oh, Connor? I'm sorry, Pat Schilling no. was the second? Yeah, fight. yeah, yeah. He fought a few guys. He lost to Dennis Bermudez, and then he lost to Connor. Yeah. Oh, wow, man. He a little rough. Well, again, then he, he went on that run. Yeah. Propelled him into the, the, the title contention, yeah. That's wild, man. Yeah, so it is kind of weird to see a guy like that, like who's so good. What do you think happens with Bilal? They're, they're speculating uh, with with Colby and him fighting. I don't think Colby takes that fight at all. No. If they've told because it's it's crazy. It's like when Frankie Edgar took Ortega, everybody loved him for it, but he didn't have to do it, and it wound up costing him because Brian won that fight. So I, I think that'd be a crazy move for uh, Colby to take any fight, but Leon, if he has a shot. Yeah, and also, you know, uh, Bilal is, is one of those guys, and I, I've seen him from the beginning. Um, I called one of his early fights, and it's one of those things where you go, it, it's, it's, even if you win, if you find a way to beat Bilal, which is not easy, it's not aesthetic. Like, it's one of those fights you're like, oh, like, you know, there are those certain guys you fight, or even in the gym you train against, you go, oh, this is just going to suck. This guy is <laughs> such a grinder, and he's so good. Even if I win – you don't. I'm, I'm trying to think of Elias Theodore at 185. Remember, he had a magic for making people look bad, even if they were pretty good. Even if you could beat Elias Theodore, you looked bad doing it. You know what I mean? He, he was pretty, but it wasn't pretty the way. He right? Did. Yeah, yeah. He just had a style that was kind of <laughs> grinding, and he would Matt find, Lindley, a to, right? find a way to win. He'd find a way to win. It was really. Yeah. Now, Jimmy, they're telling us we're getting a note from our producer saying that's probably the last question. So he didn't go to his show at two o'clock. It's one fifty eight. So that's not coming from us, guys. That's okay, coming from me. Yeah. Go ahead. You're I'm a pro until my last second. Really appreciate you guys. You're awesome. You're awesome. Anytime you guys just let me know, man. Thank you. It's great you. talking to you. And where can people hear you? What channel on Sirius XM? Sirius XM Fight Nation, right? Channel one fifty six. One fifty six. I start in literally. Two minutes. All right. Let's go. Appreciate you guys. All All right, right, buddy. Talk to you soon, Jimmy. Thanks a lot. All right, Jimmy Smith. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed.
really, I love a guy like that who just, who, who, who knows everything about it and loves it. You know who we should get back on here, dude, who I, I, I'm a fan of? Chuck Zito. Um, I, I, Chuck Zito's Instagram, I'm kind of, like, he just lives a full life. You watch this guy, he's always out to dinner with his friends, he's meeting bikers that he knows, he's, got, he's going to this event and that fight, and he is always fucking doing something. So I like Chuck Zito a lot. I would love to have him back on. You gotta live your life, Jimmy. I know, but I, I look at other people and I'm like, wow, he does a lot. Like he lives a very full life. My friend Hulk that passed, he was your age, 54. He was playing drums on the weekend. That wow. You learned how to play drums and he was playing in like little bands and stuff on the weekends out east. And she was fucking I told him, I go, dude, man, I like that you're he was he. I told you this before. It was Hulk. And he was like, I'm telling you, listen, I'm going to take classes. I want to pay for it with the stand-up comedy. You do it with me. Like, he was that guy. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I don't know where the hell that came from. But, no, I know. Uh, it, it, you know, life, life's crazy, man. It is, yes. And there's nothing you can do to see it coming. It's not like when somebody gets sick and then you can kind of, you know. Yeah. See it coming. When it's something like that, there's just no way. There's no preparation at all. Man, that Jillian Robinson. That's what I was going to ask you about with Rodriguez. Do you think she tapped? Well, no, she definitely tapped the leg out of instinct, but. Was it a tap though, or was it like to try to push her leg off? Either way, you know, the ref, if anything, the ref from the angle, the ref saw the hand do that and then got a better look and that arm was about to break. So the the girl, I understand the girl was upset. um, The girl, I should say, uh, Pira Rodriguez, and she's tough. Yeah. But I thought Jillian, in her jujitsu, her the way yeah. she has her jujitsu is so good for MMA because positionally she's very strong, but she has the the guts to go for the submissions even at a risk, and she'll do it at the right time. And she got that arm lock beautifully. She could have just finished that round on top. She was going to be up two rounds, but she got that, and it was done. It was done beautifully. That was the second round. Yeah, in the first round. Listen, I, I, she, I'm telling you, man, I, I think she might have the most submissions with out of women in that division. Look into uh, that, producer. But I love watching a fight. I really do. And Osmot Merzikhanov against Dustin Jacoby was a decision. He didn't get him out in the first round, but that guy is gonna is really exciting in the light heavyweight division. Uh, he's now he's in the rankings number fifteen. <clears throat> and he might have been before. That might have been right before. Uh, uh, but he was he was coming back, man. Like yeah, he did a little too late. But uh, and and uh, Az, uh, Az, Azmat was um, getting a little gassed. Yeah, he says uh, he broke his arm as well. Who broke whose arm? Azmat. Azmat saying he broke his own arm. Or he broke. Uh, he broke uh, Dustin's uh, arm. I'm assuming he broke his own arm. Um, and we should also uh, Iwan Kutalaba. A uh, very tough uh, debut at light heavyweight for Tanner Bozer. Um, first round uh, knockout. You broke his arm. Okay, that's what we thought. Um, yeah, what do you think, Matt? Because Tanner Bozer's obviously, obviously fought guys that are, are, are much more powerful. Uh, do you think part of it could be that when you go down and wait, you're, you're just, your cut is a lot harder, especially when you didn't have to cut before? Hey, but you're dealing with a, you know, Qtalaba is a, a savage, and he's coming after you. And you got to know that going in. So you could look at it one of two ways. All right, now you're taking strikes from somebody not as big because you used to fight a heavyweight. Right. Well, maybe now that you lost that weight, you're not good at taking the strikes. So right. it could be one or the other. Or 
he just got overwhelmed. And that's looked like it looked to me. He got, I mean, uh, Q was on him. I mean, yeah. just on him. So like he didn't have a very good answer for it. You know, it's weird. It's like, I, I think going from heavyweight down to light heavyweight is probably the hardest drop down because you, you could theoretically be mentally in a place where you almost never have to cut any weight. I mean, any other weight, they always have to cut. So if they go down to a lower weight class, they're still used to cutting weight. But at heavyweight, unless you're 265, you're not cutting at all. So I, I think that's a much harder thing to have to all of a sudden cut weight um, when for X amount of fights, you just didn't have to think about that at all. Shit, man. I hear you, dude. And it forces you to train more sometimes when you do have to cut that weight too. So, I mean, again... It's all about how where you feel the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I'm very happy for Pedro Munoz because he, he, you know. He yes. And uh, and he's just a likable guy. You know, it's not so likable. Clay Guida's his hair now. It's weird, right? He doesn't look now, the same. This is the thing. You got it. I think we should go one extreme to the other. Yeah. You see what's going on in the back. It's no longer a party. The house is on fire. So I, and that motherfucker is burning. Listen, this is what you do. The the back of the hair is no good. And Clay Guido was known for his hair. Okay. And yeah. his fight style. You, people, he looked like Captain Caveman out there. Like, ah. Yeah. And that's cool. But it's over. Not his fighting career. He's right. Still- no, of course not. Uh, I think Clay Guido should shave his head. Come to the side of me and Jimmy Smith. Look at this. Ready? <laughs> oh, my goodness. This morning at 640 a.m., I was in my steam shower over at Sarah BJJ, Huntington, Long Island, New York, and I was shaving my head. And it's so relaxing. Sure. I was on espresso. I was high. But my point is, it's, it's almost like a meditative state. And then I was doing some single legs off the fucking take the boom, single leg takedowns. Anyway, that and Uma Plot is and Uma Plot, if he rolls out, had to roll back into it. Jimmy. Yeah. What a, what a morning. Sure. All right. Um, so we have Bilal Muhammad coming in. Oh, by the way, we before what silly geese. I love uh Billy Quarantillo. He's a really nice guy and he's a great fighter. But I was I was very happy for Edson Barboza. Um, that was a great, great win for Barboza um, with that knee. I mean, you could just tell he said he had trained for it uh, for Quarantilla throwing a punch and then going in for the takedown. What a beautiful knee that was by Edson. He looked good the whole fight. He throws those snap kicks. I, I love watching him. You know, I'm a big uh, Barboza fan. Uh, watching him kick legs or, or body kick is really something uh, to behold. Well, this is what, this is what I'll tell you about that. About yes. That. Billy Q was trying to pressure him. Yes. And he's always trying to put that pressure on him. But sometimes, just sometimes with Edson Barboza, he's only a knee away. Come back for this. Ready? No. Bar- no. Barboza. Wait, now I'm looking around. I'm, I have my hand to my forehead. I'm looking around over, over oh. trees, under rocks. See a bunch of people booing? <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting me out of. Barboza. Let me look over there. Let me look over there. Edson. Just to make it clear, Edson. Barboza. I'm going to stretch this out. You're only a knee away. Barboza. Barboza. Edson. Barboza. 
Bozo. Yeah, 50K bonus, of course, which he deserved. I mean, that was vintage Edson Barboza. Really nice to see. Um, I was very happy for him. Let's keep going forward. Jimmy, um, I wasn't going to sing the song if he lost. One more thing, too, Matt. Yes. Holloway. Holloway, Arnold Allen. Now, am I crazy or... I don't know if I can remember seeing Max wow. throw that amount of body kicks. Um, I, love that. I loved it. And it was very effective. And that you could, it was like a bat. It, it was like those, it was like those Oven St. Prue kicks when he lands them. Uh, but I don't, am I crazy or has Max not done that? I've never seen him throw that many body kicks that I can remember. Man, it might have been, you might have seen him throw that same kick a, a, a lot, but it was head kicks to Volkanovski. Oh, Matt. That's a short joke. Is it my, that's a short joke, and I can say because I'm short. Yes, you, can, yes, you are. I. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 didn't mean to, I apologize. You're right. You gotta fucking go. You don't gotta celebrate the fact. I didn't mean to agree like that. It was just. Kidding. I mean, I'm stocky at the end of the day. You don't yeah. have to. I might go on the TRT. By the way, I, I we we talked about that. Not I'll let you know. You yes, I might. I might. Give me. You should. I might take a small dose. It's good for the energy. It's good for everything. It's also good for um. <clears throat> you cock. I don't need that though. My cock is fine. I also don't need any more. My cock's better. Sword fight. Come on, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. We're not gonna have a sword. No, it'd be a sword getting hit by a noodle. <laughs> it'd be a hell. Stop. Stop wrapping yours around mine. All right. <laughs> oh no! If we got stuck like rats, you know how the fucking rats get their tails caught. Or oh, the fucking the bucks, the fucking deer with the antlers. Yeah, that would be very uncomfortable. Very that awkward. Be, we'd probably we'd have to laugh about it. Imagine, know what they should, know what they we should do as a joke. We should put a uh a, a the uh the, the Chinese uh finger thing. What is that thing? Uh, finger in? cuffs. Finger That's cuffs. Yeah. Finger cuffs on our penises. Yeah, and, no. That might change our relationship. Let's not do that. No, probably not. It sounds interesting, though. Now, what do you know? Obviously, uh, what what do you think about Aljo and Cejudo? Um, I know you, Aljo, uh, but do you think, how do you think he wins? Is it fast? Do you think he gets his back fast? Or do you think it's a very tough fight? Well, listen. Spoke to young Aljo today. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be there. And I'm going to be with him. And I don't want to talk about fucking strategy. Right. You don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. But I will tell you this. He could outfight him. And he's got certain things in his arsenal that Cejudo hasn't seen before. When is that fight, Matt? I told him, though, a week before, though, a week, couple weeks before. I'm going to Manchester, England, <laughs> doing like some fucking super seminar with some OG fucking MMA guys. Right. Um, and, I'm trying uh, to find out when that fight is. You, know, you don't care when I talk about myself, though. All right. Wait, you were talking about uh, they're going to Manchester, England. May 6th, man. It's oh, May thank 6th. you. Come on, man. Give it the time, yo. Yeah, okay. Uh, I should have answered you. I, my, my, I got AD and another D, bro. Yes. No, I do, too. Is that fight? That fight is in uh, is in England? Oh, this is interesting. Uh, what? You say Manchester, England. Are you talking about him? Tra- oh, New Jersey. Okay. What are you talking about Manchester for? 
I'm going there, man. You don't listen to your friend. No, no. I thought you were going there for him. That's when you, we were talking about Aljo. You said I'm going, going to Jersey. Manchester. I'm going to Dragon oh, Drive okay. there. Fuck. Right. I'm, that's in Jersey, man. I'm going to Manchester, England because George St. Pierre got in touch with me. And he's like, yo, man, we're doing this kind of fan thing over in Manchester, England. Can I get my people in touch with your people? I go, oh. you're talking to them. Like, hold on, you want to talk to my people? Hold on, it's me. I don't got people, Jimmy. You're my people. Now, when are you doing that? And what is it? It's just, is it a conversation? Are you guys just signing some stuff? Uh, from what I've seen, it's shaking some hands and kissing some babies, that type of thing. I'm not going to actually kiss a baby. And I'm no. not going to kiss any tongues either. But no. what I will do is uh, have a good time. I don't know. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a, like a, like a meet and greet. And then there's like an hour MMA lesson, which I'll just teach my jujitsu for fighting, of course. Sure. How long are you going for? Huh? How long? I'm going on a Friday, coming back on Monday. So I might need somebody to cover a Monday show, even though I, I might be able to make it. But. Friday, only three nights. Okay. And you got a nice hotel there. Oh, no. Yeah. Five star. How many stars? So look, man, they fly me out. And you know what I do? I'm going to do what I normally do on a weekend. I'm going to teach some jujitsu. Maybe hang out with George, you know. He better want to hang out. Sure. Oh, well, Kenny Florian might be there. I'm gonna have so you know. I like that guy. Yeah. Dude, I just lost Hulk. Like, you know what's funny? When Hulk found out I was going to Manchester, the guy was fucking texting me, dude. I always wanted to go. I mean, the guy was gonna. He might have went with me to Manchester that nut. Always down. Always right, down. Right. Right. Road trip. You know, Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's how to live life. Next thing you know, you're on a fucking motorized scooter. You get hit by a truck. Life is fucking unforgiving, Jimmy. Yeah. It's, and when oh. it's done, it's done fast. It's done. It's done fast, Jimmy. But if I ever go, Jimmy, this is what I want you. This, this is my, basically like my song to you. And I don't want to sing the whole thing, but I'm just going to say, don't you forget about me. No, 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 no. Oh, don't you forget about me? Okay, that's the they, uh, yes. I don't think they say no, 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 but I think they, do they? <laughs> I don't, do they I don't no, know. No. Wait, hold on. No, it goes like this it's from the Breakfast Club. All these kids out there, yes, watch it. But and uh, it goes something like this it goes, but that's the first verse. But I don't think they say no, no, no. Oh, no. see, that's I was right. thinking of a different song. Oh, okay. What are you thinking of, Jimmy? I don't want to say, what does this say? No, it, it's don't, don't, don't. Oh, don't me. forget about ah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. I said, no, no, no. It doesn't, it doesn't sound as good. Don't, no. you know, don't do it. Don't, not sure. no, no, no. Anyway, we'll agree that we both enjoy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't play that song. I'm just saying that was the one that came no, to No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm crying. For that, listen, but uh, Jimmy, seriously, no, don't you forget about me. No, I won't. That I is a good song, too. Good, good music in the Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club was great, dude. It was okay, but the music was really good. Where is and where is your reefer? It's in the geek's pants. He didn't say that. He no. goes in whatever the kid's name. I don't know. Listen, but I'll tell you right now, very sexual. It's another show no. I'm not going to be watching with my children. We tried to right. watch candles, and it, it wasn't it wasn't happening. You know. You know what I want to know too, Matt. I mean, I wonder Activity. why they're talking about doing now. Stepe Jones in the garden and i understand the garden is such a big card but jones fought 
Stipe has not fought in a long time, and Jones only fought for a couple of minutes, Did took no punches. I mean, he could be ready to fight for July. What do you think the advantage is to the Garden, besides the fact it's New York, it's the building? Um, couldn't Jones fight in July? And then now, okay, August, September, October, and four months after that would be too soon. He couldn't do both. But uh, what do you think? Why didn't they do July, I wonder? I have no clue, but I'm just – I'm excited for that fight, man, because maybe Dana wants to keep him out of Vegas. This is what I Steve may wanted to fight in July. That's what that's what our producer's telling us. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering if they find distra- John has too many distractions in Vegas and they're like, yeah, New York. Man, listen, man, that fight's going to be a fucking something else, because what happens is you're not going to hear me saying first round sub in that one. No. I, I seen I seen uh, Stipe on the floor, dude. He's not a he's not a hard guy to get down or keep down, man. He's really not. He's not an easy guy to get down or keep down. You mean? He's not a hard, oh no, he is a hard guy to do that. Yeah, yeah. he's not hard. That, that's the opposite. <laughs> sure, Stipe of wouldn't like that shit. <laughs> he basically be like, "You fuck." Yeah, but, uh, no, he's a very uh, hard guy to get down and keep down. He's got under. I think he's got underrated. Well, he dude, he used to take guys down too, man. He's not yeah. he take guys down either. But I think that's going to be a, a contest on the feet. And that's going to be fucking interesting, man. Stipe is a guy that just knows how to win, you know? He does, yeah. And Jones, but Jones's kicks and, and, and those uh, those leg kicks, and those oblique kicks, he's so good. We didn't get to see him really do any of that against Cyril because it was over so quick, as per your prediction. I, but that's right. a, I wish that was happening sooner. What do you think is going on with Francis? We, he hasn't turned up anywhere. Is it post-surgery stuff? He's not sure what's, what, what, you know, he's still healing? I mean, I don't know, man, but how old is he? Because you only have a certain shelf. I know, I know. I think it was a surgery thing. I, I believe he's 36. I haven't, uh, I think 36, maybe even 37. Let me see. Uh, 36, I was correct. He's 36 until September. So he could have you know, four years of good fights left, three years at least, but. I like the, uh, yeah, shit. Uh, I'm, I, you know. I'm reading here about Brandon. Uh, not to get all over the place, but Brandon Rovell. He won. He won. A yeah, game. he did. That kid's a nice kid. He did great. He yeah. did phenomenal. I like how he cursed on the thing. Like, yo, I must have forgot. Almost oh, the fucking forgot. Something that he's. Oh man, sorry if I should have cursed. Something like that. But it was funny. <laughs> but he's saying that he confirms that he'll be in Las Vegas at UFC 290 as backup fighter. Yes. Marino versus uh, Alex Pandoja. So yeah, that should be that should be interesting, man. I mean, listen. Brandon Raval is fucking awesome. He's a fun guy to watch fight, you know? Yes. I enjoyed the fights the other night. I, incredible. Uh, just a great, great night. Um, but it started off, I feel bad, because it's been talked about a lot. But the opening fight, uh, jo- Jocelyn Edwards got awarded the decision. Yeah. For, uh, Lucy Pudilova. Uh, Pudilova, yeah. Pudilova won that fight handedly. So, I, you know, it's not Jocelyn's fault. Right. But... You know, she didn't win the fight. Now, so I felt a little, you know, I felt for her with that. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah, isn't that weird? Like when they when a decision, I was talking uh, this morning, I think, to a friend of mine. We were on, on the Jim and Sam show. My buddy Mike Vecchione is a good comedy special out. And we were talking about boxing. We were talking about Gennady Golovkin against uh, Canelo. And it's what I hate so much about boxing is the bad decisions and ufc doesn't have as many what i think are criminal decisions as boxing um but there are there's enough bad decisions in ufc where 
referees or sorry, judges have to be penalized somehow for getting it so wrong. There has to be a way that their peers can watch a fight. Um, I, I don't know how you do that, but there's no way they can keep getting it this wrong. It's like umpires who always miss calls. How the fuck do these guys have jobs? I have no fucking idea, and I can't stand baseball. But I, you know what I'm looking forward to, Jimmy? There's <laughs> yes. a Netflix show coming out by, uh, by Zack Snyder called Rebel Moon. And it's a sci-fi thing. It's supposed to be like his, like his kind of style, Star Wars type movie. Like it's supposed to be huge. And that's coming out, I'm pretty sure, soon. I got to find out. Hey, producer, Jake the producer. Thank God, Bilal is in the waiting room. Jake the producer, look up what time when that's coming out. Rebel Moon on Netflix, please. Oh, we got Bilal? Yes, thank God. Why do you mean thank God? I don't like Star Wars. It's, I didn't say it was Star Wars. <laughs> oh, that's right. He was with, okay. Done by the like same people. Let's get Bilal in here. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yo. Okay, buddy. How are you? What's up, guys? Well, <laughs> what's up, man? Tell us, tell us why you're mad, son. Tell us. <laughs> tell the world. We need some respect on that name. Yeah, I'm I mean, I'm, the real ones know. The real ones know what it is. So I get the respect from the people that, that matter, honestly. Hey, well, I, when you left, I seen on, on Instagram, you, you left the, uh, a meet, you had a meeting. I think with Dana and Hunter, and you're like, ah, oh, these guys are good guys, and yada yada. This, and we're gonna have some. Don't listen to the rumors. It looked like a good meeting, but then we didn't hear shit. <laughs> what is going on? Uh, I mean, it's it was the waiting game because we were trying to figure out what was gonna happen. Like we were we were talking about Kamaru Usman, and we're waiting on him to see when he's healthy. Uh, obviously, they said Kobe's next for the title shot. So then we still had Mazda and Gilbert that was up after that. Gilbert ended up winning. So then for me, it was just coming out of that meeting, trying to see which, what would be the next fight that would give me the title shot. And I think it was just depending on how Gilbert won that fight, if it was like a big finish or something like that, or if like Usman's ready to go before Gilbert is, then I think it would just be either one of those two. Do you think, what do you think is the reason that they're giving it to Colby? Do you think it's just the fact that he, again, he's good at selling pay-per-views because people, so many people dislike him and there's that whole angle. Um, or do you think it was your one round with Leon? Um, unfortunately, that fight ended in a way that was completely unfair and uncall, unpredicted. Um, what do you think? I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with that run round with Leon because like, I, I've, I've gone 4-0 since that fight against top 10 guys. So I don't think it has nothing to do with that. I just think that 
Kobe, I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, Dana White has a love for him or the UFC sees something in him that, I don't know. I don't think he's a star. I don't think he's a superstar. I think that the pay-per-views he sold is because of Masvidal or Kamaru Usman. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with him. I just think that, you know, UFC is looking for that. Leon's not really a talker. He's not a trash talker. He's not a guy that's, that's right. big in the media. He barely does any media. And they know that maybe Kobe will try to sell the fight more than him. And maybe it'll, like, give Leon some type of superstardom. I think they're trying hard to make him a star by giving him guys like Nate Diaz, uh, they try to do the Masvidal thing and, you know, he just doesn't know how to, you know, take that type of energy and go with it uh, because he's very quiet and just like all to himself and tries to like do his talking with fighting. But like it's the entertainment business. Like you got to know how to talk. You got to know how to like interact with fans and stuff like that. And I just don't think he does that. I do think though, I, I do think Colby is, a, I'm not a fan of his at all, but I do think he is somewhat of a draw because I think he has that thing where so many people dislike him. He's one of those fighters that people will want to watch. Like no one's going to buy a pay-per-view to watch Poirier lose say, cause they like him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's a guy that even if you hate, like people will go, I fucking hate this guy or his, whatever it is he's doing, however genuine. And I want to see him lose. I think half the people, if not more that buy it really want to see him lose. Yeah, I mean, I can see that side of it, but like, I just don't think that he's this crazy superstar where or he's going to sell 500,000 pay-per-views of people right. that want to see him lose. I don't think he's there. I think that, you know, it takes two to tango and it takes two guys to try to sell a pay-per-view. Even with this fight, I just don't think that Leon's going to be, you know, taking the bait and trying to talk trash with him back and forth because he just doesn't talk. So I think most of it is going to be like Kobe saying very dumb things about London or some Britain or something like that. And, you know, <laughs> it's just like basically talking to himself. I think we need in this sport, like, you know, you need some pieces of shit. Because <laughs> not if everybody was like, well, hell, Muhammad, he's a nice guy. And it's fun to watch guys who are talented fight. And, and that alone is enough for me. But other guys like Jimmy saying is like you like to either root against them or for him. But my point is, you know what I hate? I hate when guys are like, you know, this is a character. He just plays a character, but he's really a nice guy. He's really. But is he? Or is he really a twat? Because why would you act like this? And you're like, oh, but he's really, a yeah, but he's a good, is he really a good guy? He talks about this one's kids. He talks about this one as a father. He talks about, you know, he, he gets so low that, and then, and then you might meet him and be like, he'll be pleasant. You're like, oh, well, he's really a nice guy, but he's still a piece of shit. Like, in other words, they're like, like Chael Sonnen with, with, with Conor McGregor. He's like, and I, I, I don't want to keep reading this up. People think I'm, but because it, it, but, but it's fucking wrong. Because unless, unless Chael's like, you know, Stu Nod, which he's not, he goes, I love how Chael, he goes, how, I, I said this once before, but it's fucking funny. He's like, I, he's like, I, when I, people see Conor McGregor in the cage and he's saying, your wife's in my DMs and that, that, that. He goes, and his legs in half. Is he, is he a bad person? Or is he staying in character? No, Jail. He's not staying. He's being a fucking dirtbag. Was he in character when he hit that fucking guy in the nightclub or punched the old man on the stool? The girl's jumping over in the fucking Pacific. Oh, is he a fuck? Wow, this guy, he should be a fuck. He's the next Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> no, like you, like you hit it on the nose. Like, like I said, you can't beat, like, it isn't about characters. When you're bringing up family, you're bringing up wife and kids. I'm like, like, you say that type of stuff to a fighter, you're like, you're going to get punched on the street. That's what happens with Masvidal. People are like, Masvidal's gangster. I'm like, bro, you talk about his kids, of, of course. And then you sue him. And then you, like, then you, like, put, like, you, you press charges. And then after that, he's in character, I suppose. And he goes, John Attic, watch your mouth. You don't want to, you know, when your kid's growing up without a father, dude, what are you going to do? 
obviously you're playing a role now because you're not going to do anything on the street because we know how what happens with that. Just ask the fucking boomerang throwing fucking Bert, Bert, Fabricio Verdun. Yeah. Ask anybody that. What about the time he was in a lunch a lunch line at a fucking uh, buffet what, line? A buffet Camaro? Line. No, no, no. Yes, yes. Kamaru and Ali, his manager, they go after him. He's literally standing behind. There's like a little old lady like this with her arms like this. And he's standing. He's using this lady as like a shield. It's fucking crazy. He's like behind her. Like, fucking, almost like, hey, guys, you know, listen, just trying to sell a fight. You pussy. All right. Bro, that's the biggest, that's what the biggest joke about it is. I'm like, if you're going to talk about it, be about it. Don't be, don't be fake about it. Don't sit there. Hey man, I'm just joking. I'm just trying to sell. I'm like, no, you don't sell by talking about family or wife and kids you know, or religion. I'm like, that's not selling a pay-per-view. And I'm like, you talk about that stuff. Like you, it goes to the street and you deserve that. But if you're not even willing to back yourself up in the street, it just shows how much of like a joke you are. True. It's fucking true. Yeah. Hey, did you ever make up with Sean Strickland? <laughs> did I make up? No, no, no I mean, I still be trying to fight him. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he used to. Yeah, he, he's a different guy at Sean Strickland. I just think I, he likes he likes to just be outrageous. Like he's like a little awkward, but he's kind of funny on the mic, though. I think. Yeah, he has funny moments. Like I'm very cool with Nick Sick, and Nick Sick, he'll tell me like, "Bro, man, you gotta if you got to meet him and you know got to hang out with him longer, you would actually like him." I was like, "Nah, man, I don't think I would." He's like, "No, nah, I tell you, man. Like I didn't. Nobody liked him at first, but then when you get to." He'll, he'll start growing on you. I'm like, it's, uh, all right, may, maybe. But, uh, you know, for, for now, I'm still going to hate him. Yeah, listen, it's okay to have that. You're still fighting in the cage. <laughs> it's good to have that little, uh. So, I mean, now, yeah. would you, you would welcome either one of those fights, Gilbert or uh, Kamar Usman? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like, they were telling me, oh, man, you don't have that one name on your resume that's, uh, that that makes us think. Oh, okay, we need that one. And I'm like, I be in huge Sean Brady, names. Man. Sean Brady exactly. was undefeated. He was undefeated, 15 and 0. I be in Wonder Boy, Damian Maya, uh, Vincente Luque, and it's like those names aren't enough. So I'm like, give me a former title holder in Kamar Usman, who everybody thinks is you know the goat of the welterweights, and he's like a Hall of Famer. So if I go out there and I beat him, I, I don't think there's no denying me. And he's ranked number one. Yeah. But you know, Gilbert's been active and. You know, he got a lot of hype for the, the Masvidal fight. And, you know, when you're fighting twice in uh, whatever, five months it was, uh, you know, people start talking about you and you're in the news. You're staying in the news. So people are like, he gets on a mic and he says, oh, I, I want the title fight next. So it's like, all right, well, do I have to go through Gilbert? So like either one of those guys, for sure. But for me, it's like, just give me that one fight. As long as there's only one fight where I don't have to fight every ranked person to get a title fight. I'm like, I already have the longest streak in the division. Just give me whoever's next. I'll fight him. And then I'll fight for the title. And you know it's a short list. I mean, you, you, they, they can't deny you forever. You know that. I mean, there's only a couple of guys, like you said, whether it's going to be Gilbert or Colby. It, it's going to happen soon. I, you probably have to just win one more fight because uh, anybody you fight is probably going to be your bridge to the title anyway. Yeah, and that's the thing. A lot of people are telling me, bro, just wait, just wait. I'm like, it's so easy to get like injured in this game and just in practice and training. And it's like we do the hardest type of practice, hardest type of training. So when I'm healthy, I want to be active. I want to be in the cage. Like this is where I make my money. I don't want to sit there and have to, you know, oh, I'm sitting here waiting for this. I'm pouting or anything like that. I'm like, cool. You guys want me to win one more? Just tell me who that one more is and I'll go out there and I'll beat them. What did you think of Leon's performance? Uh, so much better than in the first fight, which was at altitude. But I mean, uh, did you expect it to go the way it went in that rematch? Um, or, or did you think Kamara was going to take it? 
I mean, for me, it was more so, it wasn't really a lot that Leon did. It was more so that Kamaru didn't look as, you know, polished as he usually does or as confident as he usually does. And I think that he just came back way too soon from that knockout. I think I've gone to a, a rematches with guys that knocked me out and it, you're, mentally it's different for you. And you have to go over, you know, like this mental hurdle. And for him to go right back at it six months later after just being put to sleep, like you could tell, like he was kind of like, very slow starting on his feet, very, uh, you know, hesitant to do anything. Even his wrestling wasn't there. I know Leon obviously did better in some situations, but I just think that for the most part, it was Kamaru didn't look as good as he normally would. And I mean, for me, it could have went either way. That, that fight was very close and it could have went to Kamaru. It could have went to Le- uh, Leon. Like I wouldn't have been mad either way, but like, I don't think it's like, cause Kamaru is, should be on his way out. I think Kamaru still has it. I just think sure. that, he should have took a different fight between that fight and, and before getting that rematch because going back in the same cage with a guy six months later that just puts you to sleep, like you're going to be thinking about it. And I think that he was thinking about it a lot. And Leon was landing those low kicks and Kamaru was thinking, man, is he going to go high? Is he going to go high? Is he going to go high? And you could just see it in his eyes. He was waiting for that high kick to come. Doesn't that make you almost more impressed too? When you say it just like that, when you look at what Adesanya just did over uh, Pajeda after being stopped twice and, and lost the first one, there's no way that wasn't in his head. And Pereira did look really good in that, uh, in that round that, that he wound up getting dropped in, uh, which is even more impressive that he was able to come back and knock him out. Yeah, honestly, like uh, to me, Adesanya is like one of the most impressive and like you got to respect him. Like, I, there's a lot of people that a lot hater and stuff like that, but like, there's nothing you can hit out of Adesanya because he's that guy that's always looking for the next best challenge. Even when he was champion, he was like looking at the next guy. He wasn't waiting for, Oh, who's going to make me sell the most. Right. He's like this guy, look, all right, this guy's ranked best. This guy has the best, biggest, best streak. I'll build it up myself. I want to fight who you guys think is the best. And for him to come back out there and finish Pereira like that after losing three fights to him. And yeah. I, you know, I thought I was like, he looks strong mentally he's saying all the right things, but I'm like, I don't think, you know, obviously it has to be in the back of your head, but he went out there and he like proved me wrong. And he proved a lot of people wrong. He's awesome, man. I really yeah. respect what he did and how he got it done. It's very brave. Yeah, I, bro. I, I say it's the anime. It's the it. anime <laughs> that made him power up. That celebration. Like I'm like, bro, he had to have trained that celebration. That was like so good. And like, so like perfectly acted out. I'm like, he has to be doing that in the bathroom or something. People are upset at what he did with that, you know, finding the kid and playing dead. I liked it. And I'm a father. The kid was very young though. When he did, when did, when did he do that to him? Uh, how old was the kid when he did that? He was really young. Yes. I think he was like nine or something. How about this though? And I love that. I like Alex Pereira a lot. I heard Alex Pereira talking about it and he was saying how the kid wanted to do it. This is what I, I'm I'm 99% sure. That unless you know, I was in a marijuana haze, but I'm pretty sure I heard. I'm pretty sure I heard him say that the kid wanted to do that the second when he beat him again when he knocked him out again. When oh, Alex wow. beat him, the kid wanted to go in the cage and do it again. He told him no, he wasn't going to do it. Well, it's like all right, but a little late because he did it how many years ago? So it was still. Yeah. But the fact that the kid wanted to do it again shows me he didn't want to learn his lesson. So yeah, I'm you're going to cry yourself to sleep in your acai over there. But listen, you don't do that shit, little man, young man. You don't do that. <laughs> No, exactly. Yeah, you got to respect these guys, and like, like I said, if you're gonna talk the talk, you got to walk the walk too, and you got to take it as good as you're gonna give it. So, like, he's gonna learn from it. And if you're at a sign down, how how long it, that that clip sticking in your head that you know you remembered him, you looked out for that kid, you pointed to him, and obviously he stuck with him since that one day. 
Oh, that's great. I like when he goes, hey, I love it. He's like, hey, man, you if you crawl, we can brawl and shit like that. I love it. Fuck it. I don't, you know? <laughs> hey, man, let's go. And you and Gilbert are both tweeting, I will fight anyone, right? So, I mean, I, I would love to see you guys matched up. And if it happens, how much of a wait do you think we'd have to have since Gilbert just fought? I mean, they're looking at us. They were talking to us to do it on uh, May 6th. So May 6th, they just lost the co-main event for that for that card. So it would be oh. three weeks. Oh, shit. Wow. And you yeah. could be ready in three weeks. Yeah, yeah. For me, I'm a guy that's always in the gym. I'm always training. And uh, it's one of those things. Like, if I get a guaranteed number one, it's the number one contender fight, that's my that's my moment to, to go. Because it's like, I don't want to sit there and have to wait. Like I said, if they tell me tomorrow's maybe ready in June, July, August, I'm like, it's still the waiting game of seeing if he's going to be ready. And then, right. like I said, you never know what happens in camps. If I'm healthy, I want to be able to fight. I'm, I'm ready to go at all moments. I don't think Gilbert's really taking any damage in that Masvidal fight. Um, it was more so just him pushing the pace and taking Masvidal down. So, like, I'm pretty sure he's healthy. And he's always saying he wants to fight anybody. So, for me, I'm like, I'm ready to go at any moment. Well, there's some good fights on that card as well. Besides uh, Cejudo and Aljo, uh, Andrade against Jan Janan and uh, Drew Dober against Matt Frivola. That's a fight that I can't wait to see. Um, that is a very, I think, not been talked about enough what a great fight that is. Yeah, Matty's a little under the radar, Matty. Matty yeah. Matt Frivola always has entertaining fights. So does Drew Dober. But Drew yeah. Dober, I think, might be a little more well-known. I want... I want this to be Maddie's. Matt, Matt, Matt's such a they, listen. We love both guys. Maddie's our guy, so I just uh, that that one's um, a little bit of a sleeper on that card. That that's a great fight. I yeah, want you know they're gonna bang it out. Oh, 100 percent. You train at uh, Rufus Sport. Um, you you train with uh, Christian Rodriguez. I was impressed with that kid, man. When the UFC booked that fight, I'm like, man, they do not know how good Christian is. I'm like, if you're trying to build this kid up, if you're trying to build Raul up, I'm like, this is the worst fight for it because. Christian is a dog. Like, he's good everywhere. He's not just good striking. He's good grappling, good wrestling. And just his poise and patience in the cage is miles ahead, leaps and bounds ahead of anybody. Yeah, it's a mature. very calm, yeah. Yes, very mature fighter. Like, very – his fight IQ seems very high for a young kid. Yeah, he's training – you know, he grew up training with Anthony Pettis and Sergio Pettis and, you know, Duke his whole life since he was a child. So, he's like Sergio Pettis' main training partner. So, you're learning – from Sergio since you're a kid. And, you know, since he was a kid, he was in the trenches. He wasn't like, they weren't just like giving him like the, the kids class or anything. Like he was sparring with the adults right away. I like his, I like where his head's at. Cause we had him on here the week yeah. before. And we're like, you know, I asked him a similar question. Like, well, what do you think about, how do you feel that they're matching you up with this young Raul? And, uh, you know, like you almost like, do you feel like they're using you as like to build him up? He, and he did not look, he said, look, I don't look at it like that at all. I think they're looking at two up and coming prospects and young. And I'm like, I, I, I didn't want to be like, I don't think so, dude. I think they're setting up, but, but, you know, you know, but fucking he, dude, listen, his mindset, he didn't go in there looking like they were setting him up for shit. He went in there looking like, all right, let's find out who's better. I was, I was impressed, man. You know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, like I was there fight week with, with them and uh, the guys and, I'm sitting there trying to hype him up, like, bro, this is a huge spotlight for you. Talk a little trash. Like, no, nah, I don't want to. It's, it's okay. And then, like, Sergio, he had the press conference, and Sergio Pettis was like, here, wear my chain. He's like, nah, I don't, I don't really want to wear a chain or a necklace. And, like, bro, come on, man. Like, he was just so patient and poised the whole week. Like, he, he didn't let the moment get to him at all. He wasn't, like, getting big-headed. And even after the fight, he was just like, 
you know, he's, this kid's a good kid. He's still going to be, you know, he can still be well. And, you know, I, I think he has a lot to learn, but he still could be a champion. And I'm like, bro, like he's so mature for his age. What a nice kid, man. Yeah, he is. And it was also one of those things. I think it's a good loss for him because it's one of those things where you're not going to just blitzkrieg guys at the UFC level and have them be panicked by your aggressiveness. You know what I mean? Guys on that level see aggressive. They see guys who are, are coming strong and coming hard really fast. It's not, it's something that will throw maybe a lesser fighter, but a guy in the UFC is not going to be thrown by that at all. And then you go into the second round, you have no energy left. Exactly. He's going to learn that game. And I think he's also going to learn, like, you know, you can't have your parents and brother and sister in your corner. Like you need real coaches in your corner. that are going to give you real advice because when you have family, it just becomes like, all about emotions and things like that. And like, they're telling him in this corner, like, Oh, you have to win. You have to do this. And it's like, that's not real corner advice. I think that, you know, if he had a real veteran coach in his corner, it would like told him like, Hey, don't just blitz, set your takedowns up, throw your jab. Don't be afraid to strike because I think he's tough enough. He can strike with the, with these guys. And especially at 135, I think that, you know, just coming out there thinking you're just going to take everybody down and dominate them with your grappling. It's not the smartest thing. Cause when you get to the higher level guys that can wrestle, that can, uh, do jujitsu like everybody's well-rounded nowadays so you letting all your gas out in that first round now you know now you know that you can't just do that and i don't think he like sean o'malley said he should take two years off i don't think he really needs no. to do that i think he's just to pick his fights better be smarter and like i said it's all about fight iq nowadays like if he would have finished him in the first round with every naked choke when he had that spot like people would have been calling the next big thing and they would have given him a ranked opponent right away but the fact that he lost i think it's better for him so now it'll be more of a slow roll and uh, go slower that pace than this, right? That's true. And now, uh, and and listen, you have you're right now. It's like your career's right where it should be. It's never been hotter. But do you ever think ten years from now or more, what am I doing when I'm done with this whole fight in a cage thing? Do you ever think about what's next? I know you got your eye in the goal. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, of course, always. You know, you're always lo looking ahead, thinking ahead, and it's like you look for right investments or right businesses you want to do, but. For me, I do a lot of coaching when I'm in uh, Chicago too. And like, I always definitely want to stay involved in the gym, training in the gym and like helping a lot of these younger fighters. The gym I'm at now, we have so many young guys and I train, I, I teach over there twice a week when uh, we do practices. So I think that I'll end up being like in some sort of coaching role too. Cause like, I love the sport. I just like love being a part of it. So for, for me, it's like helping this next generation and trying to be like a mentor for these younger guys of telling them what I went through and what, so they won't have to go through the same thing. That's good, man. Fuck yeah. Man. Very much looking forward guy. to this. Well, man, I hope the best for you, man. You're just a good dude. Yeah. I appreciate you, brother. I hope this May 6th fight uh, happens. And if it does, man, come on right after. We'd love to talk to you again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, Bilal. And uh, I'm hoping you get this fight May the 6th because uh, I'm dying to see you get that title shot. For sure, man. I appreciate you guys, man. Yeah. If, if it all works out, May the 6th, and then we fight in Abu Dhabi in October. So hopefully it all goes the, the way we're planning. All right, Baron. Have a good weekend. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy? All right, guys. Thanks for All right, Bilal. And also, thank you to Jimmy Smith. I guess that does it for today, but uh, hopefully we'll know more by Wednesday. May 6th is a very fast turnaround for Gilbert, so we'll see if he's willing to do that. Well, I'm excited for Bilal. He's a good dude. I, I love Bilal. Like you can't not like him. I like that Jimmy Smith. Yeah. Uh, also, I yeah, Sirius XM dude. Fight Nation oh, Channel 156 is now your exclusive radio home for the UFC. 
Hear all the action from Fight Nights, pay-per-views every Saturday on your home for combat sports. Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 on the Sirius XM app. That is a great thing um, to tie UFC into Sirius XM radio because every other sport you can listen to. And the way these guys break down fights, when you listen to whether it's Bisping or Cormier or, of course, Rogan, uh, you can easily listen to it and you know what's happening. Just like UFC Unfiltered, man. Easy listening. Easy. Matt, what do you want to plug, man? Cleveland, Friday, Saturday. I think Saturday's sold out, so I'll be there on Friday. And this Wednesday at the Fat Black Pussycat here in New York. Well, Jimmy, I messed up with the no, no, no. It was don't, don't, don't. That's all right. I'll just sing us out. No the harm. Shows in a couple of days. And for everybody who listens to Unfiltered, I'll just change the you with us or the uh, don't you forget about uh, me, I'll change that to an us already. No, no, it's not. No, 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 no. It's don't, 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 don't. Don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't. Goodbye, everybody. Love you, Jimmy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.